Welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast for film fans by film fans. Every episode, we look at films old and new to choose what should be preserved for all time in our movie vault. With lively topics, big questions, and crazy challenges to entertain us and our guests, we always look to have fun by giving you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching, even if there are some duds along the way. But don't just take my word for it. Here's a preview of what to expect in today's episode. I feel like I've done something very bad here. We're not not coming back. (laughs) We're blacklisted. None of us are coming back. (laughs) Nobody knows this is is the last episode of Welcome to Uh, It's like next week, I'm just there like, hello, welcome to Welcome Movies with my co-host, Reese Humphrey. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Are you not entertained? Well, good movies. Hello and welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching. I'm your host, David, the orchestrator of today's tournament, along with my co-host. Uh, let me just uh, select him from the character select screen. Crag, Crag, Crag. <sighs> Craig, are you there? <laughs> I just... You had to do it, didn't you? You had to do... I think it's just a miscommunication on the film God's part. He just... <laughs> I've been doing a show with him for like two years at this point. How does he not remember what my name is? I'd like to also mention the film God specifically said he wanted an echo on that one so that it like emphasised it for, for Craig. <laughs> So, uh, of course, because it's not enough to have my disappointment once. <laughs> uh, always, always nice to hear from the film god. Uh, so yes, uh, you know we'll uh, mix things up on this episode. We can actually, you know, select our our guests from the video game selection I have here. So um, I think it probably makes sense to go with somebody who has a video game podcast. So we'll go with Kieran. Hello, good evening. How we doing? Doing good, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll go for I'll go for a new character with this one. Um, he's also a writer on Fresh Take, so that makes sense. We'll go for Reese. Yo, <laughs> I love that one. It's like it sounds the most convincing. I think if anybody of us was to get a, a fighting game character, it should be Reese, just for how quick his name sounds. It, it really it really goes, you know, Reese. <laughs> So, yes, welcome to both of you. So our guests today are Kieran Williams and Reese Humphreys. Uh, it is his first time on Well Good Movies. We have collaborated with him before. And as I mentioned, he is a writer on Fresh Take Hub, often uh, criticizing some of the latest releases. And recently that has meant a lot more Netflix films as cinemas are closed. So hello, Reese. How are you? Hello. I'm, it's been a pleasure to be on this podcast. Thank you for having me on. No problem. So, uh, Reese, give the people at home a bit of a flavour for for what you are as a film buff. What what's your sort of jam? What what movies are you mainly into? Now, I'm not going to be boring and just say, well, I like everything. But mm-hmm. but basically, but I'm going to say what films I've been watching recently. In order to get ready for this podcast, I've been watching many um, exciting video game films, such as Street Fighter the movie. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> um, the the masterpiece known as Tekken. Uh, double dragon that nearly put me asleep <laughs> and uh well that's it actually but you're also a fan as we've previously mentioned of those kind of 80s 90s action 
action movies what what do you think what's the appeal there what what have you always found fascinating about those because just in general from where we've been friends you always talk about films that are maybe skew into the less good i i always remember you actually being like oh i actually like gremlins too like i know a lot of people don't and it, it's you know you you usually have those hot takes in in that sense <laughs> yes i do have happen to have a lot of hot takes but yeah i like a lot of 80s 90s films this kind of goes into to uh, so bad it's good films sometimes. Not all of them. But there's nothing better than the hero with a gun saying a cheesy one-liner about to defeat his opponent chiseled out of granite. There's nothing more satisfying than that. Seeing explosions everywhere. And just how, well, action can be very underappreciated sometimes. It's like, because I don't, I'd like to think that I'm not pretentious or I don't look down at any film genre. And I think action is something that should always be, well, you know, accepted and loved. Yes, good point. And it, yeah, it definitely will link into some of the conversations we'll have today and uh, the types of movies we'll be talking about. Um, also ties a bit into video games. So we'll be uh, talking all about that later on. Uh, as well, we have Kieran with us. Uh, as I mentioned before, he has a video game podcast. So again, perfect uh, tie in there. But uh Kieran, what what's your sort of vibe as a as a video gamer? You said previously you're not so much as big into the fighting games, but you know you've obviously had an experience with the you know the movies and the, and their adaptations. Yeah, I um, uh, thank by the way, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've, no worries, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've always been more of a story guy when it comes to games. I think that that's um, that's where my remit sits. Really, um, you know, I'll, I'll play, I'll, I will play all sorts. You know, uh, racing games, whatever. But um, yeah, for a game to be a real ten out of ten for me, it's got to have a uh, you know a good story to go with it. Yeah, I hadn't really played any of the Mortal Kombat games before uh, a couple of weeks ago when you asked me to come on, and uh, I played some of the early ones, and they are pretty tough, <laughs> like, oh. like a lot of old games are. Oh, absolutely, I agree with that. <laughs> I recently tried to play Mortal Kombat 2, can't get past the fourth guy in that game. I I struggled with the, the first and second um, guys in... in, in... No, same years ago, when I played that game for the first time, like, could barely get past the first guy, was stuck on the second one for so long. It's difficult to learn from. <laughs> I kept losing and I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? I can't learn. But it was interesting, you know, it's a bit of a history lesson. Reese feels vindicated now. He was probably playing through it. Like, is it me? <laughs> am I the only one? He's like, no, somebody else has struggled. Yeah, no, I used to feel feel like like for such a long time because it's a, it's a kind of a tough series to play. I'm like, oh, I'm so bad at this game. Mm. But I realized, oh, wait, everyone is. Okay, great. So uh, shall we get on to exactly what we are talking about in today's episode? Absolutely. If we must. <laughs> in today's episode, we're getting ready for the release of Mortal Kombat in cinemas and streaming. So we're going to give our thoughts on the potential of the franchise and take into consideration the previous adaptations, including the 1995 film and its sequel in 1997. So to get into the zone, we look at a behind-the-scenes feature for the newly released film. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known as Mortal Kombat. I've always talked about respecting the material and respecting the fans. They all deserve to see their beloved characters elevated to this cinematic height. 
this really comes across as a powerful experience that we haven't seen before. It's this grounded, dramatic, but violent tale. What is so striking about Mortal Kombat is how expansive the story is. It's epic. We have all the great characters that the fans love. I'm Sonya. Name's Jax. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Kong Lao. Lord Raiden. Scorpion. I am Sub-Zero. The interesting thing about playing a video game character is that you have to walk this line of being larger than life, but also making that person real. There's actually rich emotional life behind every single character. We need to be authentic. You need actors who can perform the actual movements and stunts. It's mind-blowing what they do. And I think that fight element that has always been in the game can be brought to life on the screen. And it's not all CG, I promise you. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. And so that is uh, talking about the 2021 movie called Mortal Kombat. It's directed, as we heard there, uh, from Simon McQuaid. This is actually like his first big directing gig. He's only really been involved in sort of advertising and short film projects in the past. Uh, it stars Louis Tan, Jessica McNamee, Joe Taslim and Hiroyuki Sanada. Uh, the basic summary of the movie is that an MMA fighter, Cole Young, seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. So I thought that that was an interesting place for us to start because, again, we are yet to see whether everything they're talking about in terms of it being you know, this great adaptation and being this great start to a franchise where we're yet to see whether that is actually true or not. But they are talking about a lot of the elements that we've already mentioned and we want to be talking about throughout the episode, which is adapting video game characters and video game stories, being faithful to the material, introducing this whole world of characters and making it believable, etc. So so are you guys excited? Reese, I'll start with you. What what are your feelings on on this movie? Do you think that it looks like a, a good adaptation and yeah, are you looking forward to it? Honestly, it really could go either way. It could be, it could really be anything. And um, one of the things that I think is very interesting, this might be a little bit long-winded, but it's relevant. Now, the original Mortal Kombat film, the executive producer was a man named Lawrence Kazanoff, who wanted to adapt the games to this big screen because he thought that there was some potential there for, to make money because he wanted to not just make films but a comic book series a tv series and an animated series now one of the chiefs for midway games uh nick nick castro i think his name is he refused but so then he decided to go to wms industries and he was given the rights to the series 20 years later Lawrence Kazanoff has been given the rights uh, the right i don't think the rights but he's been made executive producer for this new Mortal Kombat film again. Now, if you don't know who Lawrence Kazanoff is, but that name sounds familiar, let me tell you why. He was responsible for directing, writing, and starring in Food Fight with Charlie Sheen. Either this is going to be the greatest redemption story of all time, or it's going to be another disaster. So, 
I can't wait. Turns out he's the champion of the Mortal Kombat <laughs> contest. Oh, God, I'm having PTSD flashbacks. Did you know that, Craig? No, I didn't. I've not seen Food Fight. Is it in the movie vault? It is not, no, but... Uh... You know I can end this Zoom call right now, right? Like, if we're just going <laughs> to... If that's the kind of conversation we're going to have, it's like, is, is, is Food Fight worth remembering? No! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember his name, you know, popping up in the credits, etc. for the, the 95 film was definitely so stood out to me. So, yeah, I'm surprised that he's still around. But I guess he did... He did fulfill what he wanted because there was eventually an animated series and there was a television series as well, which I assume then he was involved with if that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. I also remember there was that Machinima series, Mortal Kombat Legacy in 2011, which I remember liking. Yeah. I'll also say this. One of the actors I'm quite interested in is Joel Talzman, who plays as Sub-Zero. Now, he was in Varade and The Night Comes For Us. And in my opinion, not only is he a great actor... He's a great stunt coordinator. So I think in terms of action, I think he's going to do very well. Hopefully the director, Simon McQuid, gives him justice. Yeah, I think that's the promising thing about this is the talent involved. Like I was really happy to see uh, Hiro Yuki Sanada because he's also become quite infamous for being in quite a lot of films involving martial arts. And I think he was in like Westworld. So he often plays that sort of samurai type character. And like you said, there's a lot of other actors. I think the one who was talking about being Liu Kang said that it's important to have these characters played by people who understand the choreography and can do do the stunts themselves. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited in that sense. And the aspect that a lot of these are unknown actors or new actors, so it's something a bit more refreshing. And I, I hope they do stick the landing with it. So it's that kind of stuff that makes, you know, gives me hope. And it's the visuals... And the fact that they're going very much with the R rating and making this a sort of individual project and making it quite different to other stuff, especially in wake of watching the old movies, because the Scorpion Sub-Zero dynamic and them as characters are so infamous to the series, it was kind of weird to see them sort of sidelined in those old movies. So I'm glad to see that they seem to be a bigger part of this film, uh, which I think is is a clever thing to do. But but like you, Reese, there's just like in terms of the people like involved in it and again it's kind of like a a very gimmicky kind of story to adapt as well anyway it's, it's whether they're going to stick the land in or not whether it's because we've seen it before with films like uh warcraft the beginning that was very much like oh yeah we understand this franchise we love it and it was just something about it that didn't just quite work uh kieran what, what, what do you think yeah the more i see of it with the trailers and i hadn't seen that behind the scenes um clip before it looks it looks like it could be something that's not going to set the world on fire, but it could be a really fun, good, solid two hours, kind of similar to uh, something like Dread from a few years ago. Just something, you know, kind of, yeah, like I say, not going to set the world on fire, but a really fun, solid action film. But on the other hand, We've all been burnt by trailers before. We've all been burnt by, like you said, people saying like, yeah, we really understand this. We're, we're all fans. And and then it just not coming together once it's been through the editing suite. So, yeah, like we said, it could go either way. Absolutely. I agree with that. My big thing with this is it's always going to be how well are they going to be able to do the vast majority of characters justice? Because I think Mortal Kombat is one where it's renowned for the... Uh, it's renowned for like the the array of characters they have, and the thing 
always worries me about films like this is just will we get enough dedication to all of the characters that they want to choose right so um i just hope that they're able to strike that balance of being able to you know get us to be invested in a lot of these characters know enough about them to have like enough personalities and characteristics as well as being able to pull off like a genuine story as well as you know having all of the action like i'm in i'm intrigued to know how long this film is going to be as well because i feel like with everything they're trying to balance it it seems like it's going to be close to the two hour mark which could also be a bit off-putting uh, 110 minutes apparently okay that's not that's not as bad as i feared it's the right side of the two hours i think but what what are your guys thoughts in terms of you know has this got the potential to become another big franchise because that's why i'm kind of gunning for it so much is because i keep saying with multiple franchises i'm like i want another big franchise i don't want it to always just be marvel disney dc potentially lord of the rings and harry potter you know we do want to get new franchises and new stuff coming out especially when you do see so many come in and try and fail and you're like oh that you know that was too bad you 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 had the chance and especially for something that that isn't going in isn't a kind of like oh well that's definitely going to be popular kind of like a john wick in the sense of you know like oh well that was a, a pleasant surprise so do you do you guys think especially from the video game history as you've both said that you've sort of researched taking that into account do you think that there is do you think it's the type of story and the type of game that has that ability to become a good franchise? Or do you think that it's always kind of going to be a gimmicky action video game movie and nothing more than that? Not something that you can build a cinematic universe from? I think I think it's got two major things it's got going for it. I think one, it's got pretty good and, and fairly iconic character design, which um, we, we can all sit here until we're in the face talking about Tony Stark's character development but at the end of the day Iron Man is largely popular because it's a cool suit <laughs> like and uh, and so yeah you've got your Scorpion Sub-Zero you've got Goro in there you know these they're all cool cool characters like obviously you do need characterization to to have a film <laughs> but that's enough that I think is enough to at least draw people in and to get people interested um, and then the second thing is just the the, the level of violence that uh, that obviously the games have always been known for and caused some controversy when they were first uh, released, which is hilarious now when you look at them. Just that alone, I think we've learned, or I say we, uh, Hollywood studios have learned over the last couple of years that you can do an R-rated film and it still make lots and lots of money um, with things like Deadpool Um and so it'd be quite nice to have a franchise which is just kind of it's just that it's just <laughs> just sheer brutality um for for two hours uh, i think that's that'll be enough you know in a way the series the Mortal Kombat series itself it kind of went through a lull itself kind of like the films it's you know because you had some time between Mortal Kombat Armageddon, which was the seventh game in the series, and then Mortal Kombat 9. In between that, there was MK versus DC, but no one really talks about that. It was okay. But MK9 was like the reboot, and that was 10 years ago, actually. And now, it's like Mortal Kombat, the series, is like popular again. He- heck, you know, Mortal Kombat 10, it got Carl Weathers to play as Jax Briggs. And in Mortal Kombat 11, they had Arnold Schwarzenegger play the Terminator, and they had Sylvester Stallone play Rambo for those games. And those are some big actors, you know? And, like, the story for Mortal Kombat, it's not 
deep. It's not complex. It's not Shakespearean. But the characters have likable personalities and backgrounds where you need the, the just a special kind of caring for the characters and for the writing, and you could do something good. Like, you can. Again, it's not a deep story. And, I mean, you know, it's not completely deep. But it works. It can work. It's just, hopefully, it's the right team. That's really all we can hope for. It's an honor to finally meet you, Sonia. Shang Tsung, at your service. I'm looking for a murderer. He boarded this ship. I'm impressed. But it is my boat, and if you'd like a tour, I'd love to give it to you myself. Hey, be nice to the lady. She's just doing her job. When I want backup, I'll radio for it. that radio handy? Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Deadliest of enemies. But slaves under my power. Move aside. That right there was a clip from the 1995 Mortal Kombat film directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring Robert Shaw, Christopher Lambert, Lyndon Ashby, Bridget Wilson, and Carrie Tagawa as Shen Sun. The story of the film evolves around Liu Kang and how his brother was killed by Shen Sun. He d wants to enter this tournament, Mortal Kombat. If Shen Sun wins, he joins his realm, Outrealm, with, with Earthrealm, and if they do that, Earth Outworld will take over the Earth. And it is up to Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage, Liu Kang, and Raiden to prevent this. Now, as Dave said earlier, I have some pretty hot takes. I have some edgy opinions, as they say. And I guess I'm going to be quite outnumbered today. Because it's a silly film, yeah. But you know what? For what it is, it's not bad, I don't think. It's, I think, action-wise, it's great. But now, Dave, I know you don't really like the film particularly. What? So could you explain why? Um, well, for me, it was just more that uh, I, I enjoyed it, but it was just like when I actually came to reviewing it and giving it like a grade, I was like, well, I can't give it that high a grade. And I suppose it's the same kind of with <laughs> the, the sequel. It's just, again, on paper, I can't say, right, well, you had your character development, you had, you know, A to B, the character went through a journey, uh, each character had their arc, etc., etc. You know, there was great performances throughout so it's like i can appreciate it and i enjoyed it for what it was but it's just on paper i can't actually give it like a five star review because i'm like well it's just not got the elements of a film that warrants that but i can definitely appreciate it for what it is and enjoy it for what it is while it could have been like a sort of three star film for me because it could still be like enjoyable enough again it just sort of missed the mark a bit with just certain things the fact that sonya just comes in and was like where's kano where's kano i'm like who is this character yeah so I just feel that the film often relies on you knowing about the video game or who these characters oh, are. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. So there was a lot of times that I was just watching it kind of like, what is the point of this? Why are we going through this? So they just skipped so many things. But it was quite weird, actually, as well. I was almost tempted to go back and change my rating of this film, watching Annihilation, because it is like light and day how different <laughs> these films are. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Can I just say, Zoe, I'm so glad you sh- showed that clip mm. because after that scene happens, there's a bit of bit of exposition, like an exposition dump. Yeah. Uh, I turned to my partner, who'd already agreed to watch both films, <laughs> and I said, yeah, this is the good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, if I had chosen, like, Scorpion versus Johnny Cage, you would just hear a bunch of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Johnny Cage versus Scorpion, that is easily my favorite sequence in the film. The image of the forest and the trees going down, Johnny Cage walking around, then he finds Scorpion, then Scorpion transports him to his hell in order to fight him. And you know what? Look, I don't know much about Paul W.S. Anderson. I know he's apparently a terrible director because this is the only film I've seen from him. But you know what? In this scene... His directing isn't bad. It's like he captures like what hell looks like with the cobwebs and the platforms and the skeletons. And he captures Scorpion and Johnny Cage fighting each other. And what I really like near the end as well is when they had um, Johnny Cage defeat him and he threw his autographed picture at him. Because that was a reference to uh, one of them games. Because in Mortal Kombat, in, not only can you just do fatalities, you can do friendships where you don't kill your enemy, but instead you like become their friend. Like... Uh, for example, I think there's a character called Cabal who has like a marshmallow on an open fire. I think there's one where Liu Kang dances or something, and one with Johnny Cage where he has he signs an autographed photo and then he doesn't kill him. So I thought that was really cool, to be honest. I hope there's a friendship moment in the new film. <laughs> Actually, saying that. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh-uh. Or babality. So I'm glad you brought up that scene because it had one of my biggest questions about the film, which was just because. They were setting up every single fight as they, okay, so this is a tournament, this is just your opponent. And then it just, that, because that, because it happens right after Sonya versus Kano. Like, she kills Kano, and then they just cut straight to that. And I was just like, wait, what? Are they just now all just free-for-all fighting with each other? What's going, it just lost all sense of pretense. And it's just like, you know what, just go at it. I just, I don't know why, but also just his death when they slice his skull in half. I was just, at that point, I was just like, what? what and you know what to be fair to dave what he was saying earlier that sometimes you have to understand the game sometimes which is not a good thing because like i know the basis of like scorpion does that sometimes when he sends people to hell but since you guys don't really know that much about the games it's like so confusing it's like yeah like what's happening here and that was a pretty like unconscious event of scenes like oh this guy fights this guy this guy fights and this guy fights but again, for the directing, I think it was not bad. Well, that's the thing. I kind of followed, you know, more Combat 11 when that was coming up because I was like, oh my God, Robocop's in this. And, you know, I enjoyed watching the cutscenes and the fatalities, you know, and I've got friends who play that game. So I kind of feel like I had done my research a bit in terms of knowing vaguely the characters. But again, it was just watching this film. I was like, right, if I didn't know any of these characters or I didn't know the storyline, I wouldn't, wouldn't know what the hell was going on. So it wasn't so much like I was lost, but I was just concerned about people who wouldn't, you know, know about it. Such as Craig, apparently. Yeah, I I was I was definitely lost. The one thing about Mortal Kombat I knew was that Sub-Zero and Scorpion were enemies. So then when they just come out and he's just like, oh yeah, I'm mind-controlling them both so they won't fight, I'm just like, what the heck? Why? Why have you done that? Yeah, just the fact he casually says, like, mortal, uh, mortal enemies. Thankfully, I mind-controlling them. And you're like, oh, okay, well, there goes that, uh, that conflict. <laughs> they have to come up with some reason, you know, like... Uh... Also, can I just say, the character that wound me up the most in this film was just Raiden. He just kept showing up every now and then. I'm just like, if you're meant to be so powerful, you do something, just do something else. 
Apart from just be like, advice. And don't, and don't forget his Tommy Wiseau laugh. Yeah, that was oh so strange. Christ. I was like, why is he doing this? I did read somewhere that the creator of Mortal Kombat, Ed Boon, he initially didn't like Raiden's portrayal because he was a bit of a prankster in this film. Well, not a prankster. He's kind of a, like, he's a god, but he's kind of like, no, I don't want to say a loser, but like he's like a surfer dude, kind of in yeah. a way. The kind of, maybe there was a kind of Tommy was so vibe. You could imagine him going like, oh, "That's so funny, Johnny." <laughs> yeah, I think that he was one of, again. So that's where I can't, I can't, I couldn't rag on the film too much because even with Annihilation, I know definitely some exceptions, but I never felt I was like, "Oh, I'm watching a horrible performance." I felt that everyone knew the type of film they were in. They're all doing a decent job. It wasn't kind of like really ham stilted acting it was just kind of like theatrical stupid acting but for the sake of the for the film and the fact that those actors have come back i think that you've had like uh lyndon ashby has played johnny cage in in the video games etc and i really enjoy carrie uh hira yuki tagawa as shang sung and i'm really upset that he isn't in the new film actually because they brought him back for mortal kombat 11 and i know that obviously it's a video game so you can make him look young but they have him as an old and new version of himself i'm like why don't you just put him in the new film like he's so associated with that character now and again i was a big fan of him because he was in a man in the high castle but he's been in so many things he's such like a legendary actor i was just like that would have been such a nice thing to do as a throwback to the films and to the video games considering that there's so many new actors within within this but yeah i had a problem with raiden because again from what i knew with the video games i was like isn't he usually wearing like a hat sort of thing you can't see his hair so i was looking at him like who's this guy with white hair because there is a character with white hair in mortal kombat which controls wind and stuff and i was like is this him and i was like no it's fujin yeah fujin yeah exactly so i was like oh wait this is raiden and i was like but raiden from what I know, doesn't sound like this, doesn't look like this. Again, I, I remember vaguely watching the Fox Kids cartoon and he was always kind of like this epic thunder guy and it was just like, here, it's just like, nope, completely different character. With incredibly dated, uh, like, lightning effects, CGI, but I'm pretty sure I could do on my, uh, like, Adobe Premiere. It's better, it's better than the 3D models. Yes. Yeah, you're fine. What I... What I would say is that one uh, one practical effect in the film that I did like up until a point when it actively ruined some of the action was how they made Goro look. As a practical effect, looked very, very good. Cannot fight for shit. All he can do is just the occasional movement of fist. And that meant that his fight against Johnny Cage was one of the worst things I've seen. I love how one-sided that fight was. It's like, wow, they made Goro yeah. look bad. But what they big up is like, you cannot beat him. You have to, he's like, don't worry, I've got a plan. Apparently his plan is just nut punch and then like throw him off a cliff. And then he's able to beat a giant guy with four arms without taking a single hit. And in certain circumstances, I'd be okay with that. But not if it's just whack, run, cliff, kick, kick, fall off, badass line. Like... (laughs) That, that's where from what you guys said as well though that's where i do want to give credit like obviously the music you can imagine when they made it they were like oh this is gonna be so epic like the fact that they just start the film with it straight away in both instances it was really jarring to me because i'm used to seeing that new line cinema logo for like lord of the rings and stuff so if it to start yeah. it like dun, 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 like you're like oh my god what the hell this is so strange but um i do think the visuals of it are really strong and i think it's the difference with having that uh, actor 
uh, uh sorry not actor the the director that you mentioned reese uh paul ws anderson yeah. i think that he brings a lot more charm to it it kind of to me had the, the charm that you have with something like hook when you have like those kind of yeah sets that you know are fake but they kind of like add to the atmosphere and even though you have the gimmicky electric uh special effects there were certain times where i was like okay for the time that is pretty good like i thought the scorpion stuff looked pretty decent like when it came out of his hand in that clip i was like that actually looks pretty good for the for the time it was made and like we said the uh what is goru is it oh <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to call him Grogu then for a second. I'm like, what? <laughs> different franchise. Yeah, Garu, like, I thought that he looked really good. And, yeah, I just appreciated the sets. I liked the boat. That looked really cool. So that's why I was so confused with Annihilation, the fact that that was a higher budget, and that looked <laughs> awful. I agree with David. I think I think the locations um, for a film, which is basically ad- adapting video games, I thought were quite beautiful. Because uh, I thought it struck that nice balance of you can under you could see these lo- uh, locales being somewhat real, but they also just had that sort of rendered look to them as well. So um, I f- I thought that they added a bit of vibrance to the film that I was actually I was willing to get it uh, to just accept basically. Yeah, it it will spark the later <laughs> rant. David, you've kind of in bits got. You've kind of explained what it is I like about this film, and like uh, and like about films like it. Like when you first asked me to to be on this podcast, I was kind of worried because I knew I'd have trouble explaining this. But there's a sort of '90s action film aesthetic where it's it's not just it's an aesthetic, but there's also ca- uh, actor performances. It's the whole thing, and the best word I can come up with it is. It's just naff. Everything's yeah. just a bit naff, and I love yeah. it. <laughs> it's just everything, including dialogue. It's just like you say, the sets aren't super realistic. The dialogue's a bit, you know, there's throwaway quips and stuff. And that's um, why I love eighties and nineties action films. Like I forgot to mention that actually. Just like it's like a distinct aesthetic, as you said. Reese, we need to compare some notes on other movies. Mate. <laughs> like, Ooh, yes. it sounds like cop- I mean, copy enough. You sorry? <laughs> it, re- it reminds me a bit of um, like Reese might know from uh, my letterbox. I recently been watching through the old kaiju films after we were talking about Godzilla recently. So I started watching through like the old, you know, like King Ghidorah and Godzilla versus Mothra, etc. And I was watching those. Like, you know what? These are charming. Like, there's something about seeing like a little train like going along a track and seeing somebody in a costume even though it's like really rubbish if you were to see that in cgi it just wouldn't have the same charm but there's something about it's kind of like the thunderbirds effect it's just something about seeing the the practical element of it which just gives it a different vibe and i think it's the same as what you were saying there kieran it's just something about that aesthetic and the the cliches and the typical tropes of it that that gives it that charm but so, so would you say you, you like this film or you know yeah i i genuinely do really like this film i i, I think it's thoroughly entertaining i think it is i think it is probably my favorite video game adaptation um Like, I can't argue it's a better film than every other video game adaptation, but given the choice, I would watch this over over any any of the others, I think. Am I just a bit heartless? (laughs) (laughs) I think from what everyone's saying, I think it's a case of... Because 
when I was growing up, I didn't watch a lot of films, certainly not a lot of films like this. So I basically going into a lot of the films of like 80s, 90s era uh, with the sort of mindset of what I'm used to now in terms of film. And I think that's just making me a bit cynical and just so because I'll be up front. I can't say I I would say I, I just didn't like this film. Um, there were elements of the film that I did like, uh, did like, but as a whole, I can't say that. I was overly won, won round by it. Even some of the the sort of cheesiness that you guys enjoyed, I just it just grated on me. But I'm not going to I'm not going to say necessarily it's a bad film because again, you just have to have the right mindset. It's just I don't have that mindset. Yeah, I think that it definitely like there's like it's similar with Street Fighter as well. Actually, I feel that that's got an element of like so bad it's good, and people know in what film they're in especially with the character who plays um what's the villain in it called again uh a bison yeah so like uh, the actor there who obviously is infamous for you know being in adam's family etc knows the type of film he's in and i think the carry uh hero yuki tagawa knows that as well playing shang sung when he's got those ridiculous like your soul is mine and he's looking at the camera like all like ridiculous i think that like performances like that are great and i think the the everyone involved knows knows what it is so you know it's not trying to be lord of the rings or you know ben-hur or whatever it's just trying to be this silly stupid popcorn movie but Um, but i do find it weird oh i do want to say i do find it weird like craig says that there's so many times in which you expect it to just be like this is this tournament we're going to show the tournament matches but then it just kind of just goes off into like oh they're just wandering around and suddenly johnny cage has like found himself in a fight with scorpion and you're like what you know it becomes more of a kind of mission save the world film to the tournament film they set up at the start which i think is a bit of a mistake and i think that that is is a bit strange and like you said i I, i'm not big on like the raiden performance etc in it but you know again there's there's some decent fight scenes and stuff like that i think the one he has with rain is it with uh lu kang fights is a rain uh who comes in later that's reptile reptile yeah that's it uh no rain's in the other film isn't he so reptile like bang jumps on him and the weird thing about that scene is just i'm like watching it like where's johnny cage <laughs> like he's walking along springs this like monster comes out and he's just having this kick-ass action scene with him which is great but throughout it all i was like where's johnny cage what is johnny yeah. cage doing and then he just like joins johnny cage again he's like right ready to go and they're like yeah and this guy i'm walking and i was like <laughs> i have a quick question for people uh, for people who know about mortal kombat so you know the the first fight that Goro has and he kills... Who does he kill? Some jobber, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, that's just some throwaway character. Right. Okay, great. Because what wound me up about that scene as well, because obviously that's where we, where we see the problem with the animatronic guy fighting, is that when that guy then gets killed, I think his name is... I think his name is Art... Sonia and Johnny are there like, no! I'm I'm just there like, who is this guy? I know, he's not... When did we see him before? He's not even in the series, he's just a made-up character. And it's like, like, he was just designed to be killed. It's like... Is he genuinely a morph? Pretty much, yeah. Oh my god! That that reaction did make me laugh. They're like, no! No. And you're like, what? Why? Such a tragic death. <laughs> they actually probably have a more visceral reaction than they do to one of the main characters in Annihilation, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's where I also have problems because I'm like, again, it's like the the chemistry between Johnny and 
uh, Sonia and like that just like I'm like what you don't really set up their relationship that's just kind of out of nowhere kind of the same with uh, Liu Kang and uh, Katana so they just throw in a lot of stuff which is just like okay you know you just kind of have to go along with it but again night and day compared to Annihilation they were going to originally add more romance with Liu Kang and Katana but they kind of wrote it out the script and then they forced it into the other film but we'll get to that can I also just say Lyndon Ashby, in my opinion, is fantastic in this film as Johnny Cage. He, like, again, he captures what Cage is like. He's just a dickhead, basically. You know, like, he just captures him. And to me, he was one of the funniest parts of the film, in my opinion. I thought it was a bit of a weird disconnect bet- with, with Johnny Cage. Because when you when we see him on, like, the film set, I thought he was... Because he was, you know, wanting this idea of, oh, I want people to respect me. I, wa- I want to be seen as strong, etc. I was like, yeah, okay, I can understand as an arc. And then when he just gets to the ship and he's just ordering uh like Lou to like take his uh to take his bags on the ship, I was like, at what point were you built up as a I'm gonna be disrespectful? Mother You're alive. Too bad you will die. As I have the power, Khan, you will never rule this world. As long as the portal remains open, your world becomes my world. (laughs) (laughs) You will never win any Oscars. You will never win any Oscars or any level of prestige of any capacity. Somehow, I just knew you were going to pick that clip, just for the just for the dialogue at the start there. Again, there's no other time in which there's dialogue, you know, like there's music. <laughs> it's like, this is the only time there's dialogue. So yeah, this is uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, fans of the first film didn't have to wait long. It's just two years later, 1997. This came out, directed by John R. Leonetti. Film stars uh, Robin Show, Talisa Soto, Brian Thompson, Sandra Hess, Lynn Red Williams, Irina Panteva, Marjean Holden, Musetta Vander, and James Raymar. Story picks up directly after the first film with um, Shao Kahn, ruler of Outworld, invading Earthrealm to take Earthrealm by force, thus uh, negating the rules of mortal combat. Uh, and so once again, it's up to our heroes to stop him before Annihilation. Mortal Kombat Annihilation was almost universally panned by both fans and critics. <laughs> I think, unfairly. <laughs> so so I thought it was really interesting going back into this because I knew about that critical reception and I knew that I agreed with it when I first watched this film. But I I knew that both films, they're quite similar in their tone and in what I was talking about earlier, that sort of naffness to it. So I was really, I really wanted to get to the bottom of why one's, you know, good to okay and or bad, <laughs> and then one's bad to pretty t- awful. And I, I've got to say, I, I was struggling a bit 
<laughs> to come up with any real conclusions. I think, I think everything I said about the first film applies to this film. It's just sometimes they just go too far with some of how some of the dialogue is just really, really awful. Like that clip we just saw. Uh, some of the green screen and the effects. It's like they double down on everything that's bad in the first film. <laughs> All the <laughs> the fight scenes where there's, and I'm conflicted about this, but the fight scenes where there's uh, jarring either rave or metal music in the background, just really quite uh, abrasive whilst the fight scenes are going on. I really enjoyed re-watching this. I've got to say, I found it very entertaining. However... Yeah, unlike the first film, I'd say it's about 50% ironic. Um, that's sort of so bad, it's good. Um, but the other 50%, I don't know, there is still something about this film that I enjoyed. The the stuff I was talking about earlier, the naffness, but also I think the action is still pretty good in this film. Like I actually think the fight scenes might actually be better um, in terms of the choreography. Some of them. I see your face, Craig. Some of them, like... <laughs> Like, if you compare the, like, early fight scenes from the first one, like the ones on the beach, <laughs> to some of the ones in this film, I don't know, I think I think they're a little bit more, slightly more competent, I'd say. More ma- martial arts rather than just people right, throwing yeah. their legs around and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, that, that's my initial opening thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> throw it open. Now, Dave and Craig, as you said before, you were like a casual viewer going into the first Mortal Kombat, and there's a lot of stuff you didn't understand. I felt so sorry for you for going through Annihilation, because you had to... Here is a list of characters that were introduced into this film. Sindel, Shiva, Ermac, Rain, Motaro, Jade, Melina, Boraka, Smoke... Cyrax, Nightwolf, Shinnok, and they name drop Cabal and Stryker. And I gotta say, <laughs> this is this film is the stuff of legends. I had heard about this film for years, but this, it for me, this is this film is so bad it's funny, but it is probably one of the worst films that's ever been made. <laughs> <laughs> like. And I, I, I just love how in this movie, there are just characters who show up and you don't even know who they are, what their names are. They just show up for five minutes and they disappear. The best scene in this film is when Night, Lucan goes to Nightwolf to um, basically get help from him. And Nightwolf is like, you must pass free tests to defeat Shao Kahn. And then he proceeds to give him one test and he never shows up again. also what's their obsession with you have to pass a test a tournament you have to do this like rule of 10 or 3 to do anything within this world and like well according to your world logic you can just cheat and break the rules and do whatever you want anyway you know like how sometimes there's films you watch where they think they don't know what they're doing they're just making this stuff up as they go along that is like this film because like they're asking Raid in the beginning why are they here? We won the tournament. Rain's like, what was open, sorry, what was closed can be open again. And Sonny Blade's like, what does that mean? Like, I agree with her. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Explain, great thunder god. 
I did after I did feel that Lynn Red Williams playing Jax was the audience in this film of all the times. So he just came in like, what are you talking about? What does this have to do with me? And I was like, thank you. I yeah. was like, we're here with you, man. <laughs> Sonia's unnecessarily cagey about giving him any answers. Yeah, just, yes. you know, you could exactly. just explain. That scene where Sonia Blade is talking to Jax, it's like, and they get into an argument. Why are you, you going against Jax? He didn't do anything. Like... <laughs> It's so strange. She's like, why do I have to tell you this? Um, it's the end of the world, the outer world. Why do you not know this? It's like, um, because we didn't just go through an entire film like you. That's what I think is interesting about this, though, is like, it's like an, it's like one of the earliest part one, part twos ever. Like, it's like before Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, <laughs> there was this film and it was like, but it's not even like Infinity War and Endgame where they're two different films. They were like, no, this is just the same film. We've just extended the end of it like exponentially. But it's also for some reason turned really, really bad. I think I also saw an IGN article where they or one. It was an article I saw which they talked about who played what character. And that was it. I think it was, they were talking about who played who plays the characters in the new film. Just- and they were talking about who previously played them. And the way that they referenced the change of actress for, say, Sonya Blade, for example, was uh, played Sonya in the 1995 film while Sandra Hest tagged in for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I like Very that good. analogy Very of good. just like tag yeah. in. Yeah, you know, like they're still keeping in the fighting game. They're not just doing a kind of like, oh, yeah, this, this actor's changed and it's just like hide that. Like, no, that, that, that would actually be quite funny. In some of the Mortal Kombat games, too, they have like tag team tournaments as well. So makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, it does make sense. But um, yeah, that that's... <laughs> That's what I found bizarre, and that's what I was especially thinking with Craig watching this film, like Reese being like feeling sorry, because I watched these over two nights, where I was thinking, oh God, I don't know what this would be like watching as a three hour, like I'm going to watch the one, and then the next one, straight after. Still <laughs> so Craig. Still shorter than uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, yeah, exactly, which is bizarre, but yeah, I, I, it's, I don't know. I, I'm just interested <laughs> to know what that experience was like. Craig... Go ahead. <laughs> so, a couple of elephants in the room I think we need to address before I go into what I thought. One, Sonya Blade wasn't the only casting change that happened between the two. In fact, I think it is, I think it is easier to say who came back as opposed, to, as opposed to who was replaced in that it was one, one person who came back. Oh, no, Katana oh, as well. Katana. Oh, Katana, I do, I do apologise. Um... I think that's just how they how the film treated Katana. It's just like let's just get her off screen. Let's talk about how much she's the key, then have her kidnapped and be like, okay, you can't go after her immediately. Wait, why? She's the key, is she not? And then uh, and then later in the film, it's like, psych, she wasn't the key. I I also know that fans were unhappy at how quickly they killed off uh, Johnny Cage. Was there any reason why they killed off Johnny Cage so quickly? Did they not? Did they not like the new guy? For oh shit, we signed a contract now. Let's get rid of him quickly. Christopher Lambert, Bridget Wilson, and uh, Linda Nashby did not come to this film because they said the script was too bad. Uh, Keep that in mind. Right. That should have been the warning. But like, yes, Johnny Cage's death is so unceremonious, right? He's not given any moment in the film to be, to be like heroic. Be to be an absolute champion he tries to do one fly kick fails then gets his neck snapped like i can't imagine i can't imagine how fan also in the beginning in the beginning when the invasion happened they literally repeat footage of like soldiers flying down i noticed it and i counted the same the same shot about three times 
It's where they're panning across the pa- uh, the palace with the, the purple sky and then the people are coming down. And I, I liked it also. The thing that confused me was at the end of the first film, they said the Emperor was attacking is this huge hulking monster. And then at the beginning of the next film, it's some guy wearing a skeleton mask. I was like, what happened to me in the apparent five minutes of your invasion? Why did you... I, yeah, I... I gen- Also, just... Some of the things they threw, like the 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 tele, not the 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 the, the sort of spheres that they like travel around in, and just how close proximity they have to be, and just those shots were awkward as hell. Just what just watching Lou and like Katana just there, I was just like, oh my god, they're forcing the romance. And then what the brothers of 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 Sub Zero and Scorpion show up to then fight. Like, the thing I genuinely hated the most as well, but I, I also just think the acting performances were dreadful in comparison. Because I, I understand the idea of understanding what you're meant to be in, but then you can, I think, as Kieran said, you go too far. Some people just decided the too far option was all they were going to do. Like, the generals, just the scene where they're arguing about who should be in charge, and they're just there, <laughs> they're just there with these cliched lines of just like, you! Uh, oh, my... I just... I I the I did have to laugh because at uh, the elder god how the uh, the other like elder gods dealt with him in the end they just put him in a load of plastic boxes and then he's transported he's like ah off to the negative zone <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> uh, just the fact that like so many characters just die like they build them up throughout the film like Shiva like yeah I'm this great warrior and then there's just a cage just lands and you're like, I'm dead and you're like what the <laughs> hell what was that about. <laughs> Oh, and Rain. Remember when he, like, Rain is just there. Shao Kahn, like, uppercuts him and he just dies. The character that wound me up the most, though, was uh, was Jax, because I thought his costume was atrocious. The fact that when you... Because I thought they were meant... At first, I thought they were meant to just actually be full-on replacement arms. So I... So when I... So when I saw them and I looked and you could see the literal gap between the shoulder plate and his shoulder, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That is awful. But then it just turns out, oh, no, they're just things that he's holding to apparently enhance his strength and he could just take them off. What was the point of those? Like, that's why when I saw the, the trailer for the new one, I saw there's an actual robotic arm. I was like, good. That makes more sense than just I'm going to hold on to these things and just have my have my hands permanently in a fist throughout the entirety of the film. So I can't emote anymore. I'm just going to talk with my head and look like really, 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 really wooden because I'm not using my arms because my arms are now constricted in metal plates that apparently do nothing because I'm pounding a robot and apparently the robot feels nothing. And I'm pounding a cent... Like like a minotaur? Senator. So the, the senator, I'm punching this guy and doing nothing. I'm going to take them off. I'm now fighting him again. Now I'm doing stuff. What was the damn point? It's like Raiden said, isn't he? He makes that like really stupid thing of like, you must realize that your strength is within you and all this kind of stuff. And you're just like, why do you keep setting up these messages that just, they keep having this stuff about like humans will find the like purpose within, especially with Liu Kang throughout both films. They're like, you will find the answer within. You will find the power within. By doing what? Just laying there and just like, there's nothing that he actually does to do this. He just looks within himself and then suddenly becomes better all of a sudden. And it's the same with Jax. He's just like, uh, you have to like uh, think beyond, you know, like the 
the material and it's just like well why because you're facing off against you know like so many of your other counterparts are using different weapons and different powers etc that seems really contradictory for a start but yeah it's just you have everything within uh inside of you that you need Dude, you've never met him before. For all you know, he could be organizing cockfights in his basement. He could be just a <laughs> trashy human being who has nothing inside. You don't know this. I understand in the games that Raiden is like... Um, like, in the games, Raiden kind of is a bit of a mess-up sometimes, where he does doesn't do the smartest thing. <laughs> but this film makes him just a loser. Like, that's the best way to describe him. He's just a dork. He just gets beat up, and he just gives, like, information that is so unimportant. And it's like, you're so useless. I do prefer the actor who plays him in this one, though. I, I was a, I was about to ask, do we prefer this actor or the or the first actor? I, I agree with David. James Ramar. I think both actors are good. I think both actors are good. James Ramar, I know from The Warriors. It goes to what Kieran said. He doesn't have that Tommy was so weird vibe with this one. This one, at least, he seemed to know that he was playing some sort of guru or sort of, you know... For monk. the most part, until until he becomes mortal. And then he sort of starts goofing around and he's like... Yeah. He does this weird line where he's just like... Yeah, he says something like, yeah, you must discover the, the true power within you. What's the deal with your arms? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does have some weird moments like that. If he if he bro hugs one more person, I swear to God. Talking about that fight scene reminded me of like I can't believe how much they because in the first film as well it, you make it makes you realize how much you're like okay you know they have the fat- fatality you know your soul is mine come here and all, all those like classic lines here they have like yeah okay I think Scorpion says you know come over here and all that kind of stuff but the finish him is just from that I think Elder God and he's just like finish him and i'm like what that was such a waste <laughs> they did bring back anima- animalities so other than that though no no accuracy and speaking of acting guys we need to talk about brian thompson the shell con oh god yes it is it is like it makes the film but not in a good way Anytime this guy was on screen, I would just laugh hysterically. Because Shao Kahn in the games is supposed to be this intimidating giant. And in the games, he was always made to be incredibly difficult. And he would be so difficult, he would taunt you in the match, and he would still beat you up because of how good he was. In this film, though, he's about the same size as Raiden, like James Ramar. He's like... He has this stupid face. Like, he smiles all the time. He has this stupid, like, mask on his face. And... He, anytime he talks, it's like he's either about to cry or laugh hysterically. It's like, soon our realms will be matched together. It's like, I don't know what you're trying to go for, mate. <laughs> he does that in the clip that we play at the beginning when he kind of does the like, this world will be mine. And I was like, what is he doing here? From his under attack. And it is glorious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just the effect of being cast in this film. You don't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> yeah. It also seemed weird, his appearance, like, to me, again, I don't know if it's just this guy's face, but it looked like his, like, mouth was filled with, like, cotton wool, you know, like, when people put, like, cotton wool to, like, make that kind of, like, you know, they've been punched He's or whatever. Goofball. He just looked so goofy throughout yeah. the entire film. And he was constantly like, oh, I will do this. And I was like, why is your mouth so weird and, like, bulgy? I don't understand. He's just... Question is, did he look better or worse with the mask on? <laughs> yeah. That... I think he looked worse with the mask on. Anytime he had the mask on, I was just dying from laughter. I think also 
one of my biggest problems as well is in the story and especially because that's why i found interesting about this as a video game adaption is that they do actually seem to be as if they're like yeah and let's make this an actual video game adaptation in which it is just level after level enemy after enemy i maybe that's what they were trying to do in which it literally is Liu kang like oh now you're against jade now you're against uh you know sindel now you're against uh nightwolf you know it was just constantly like levels especially with the the sonya blade and jack scene I found that hilarious, by the way, how she's there at the end of the world and everything is going to crap and she just walks in and he's just like asleep, like, oh, how are you, Sonia? And she's like, oh, what have you been up to? Oh, I was just getting some uh, arm replacements. And he's just like really casual about it. And she's like, oh, by the way, I need your help saving the world. Oh, man, you know, like, why are you getting me into these scrapes again? I was like, what is this? I was like, he's just been asleep through the end of the world. And the weird thing is, is that they just don't show anything from the rest of the world. Like, yes, we see, like, New York is, like, sinking and we see, like, landmarks. But we never see any people running away from stuff. We never see any of the consequences. And apparently this happens over six days. I was like, what? Like, the the fact that the end of this film, they go, well, that was the longest week of my life. And I'm like, really? Because that was the shortest, like, (laughs) long film I've ever seen, apparently. Because... That didn't feel like six days. That just felt like the 90 minutes that this film was because it didn't seem like there was any point in which they went, oh, it's now night. It's now day. Oh, it's a week later. There's a few hours have passed. It just all seemed to happen within a matter of minutes. And I was like, what? How has this happened over six days? <laughs> yeah, because that's what was funny when they had that scene with, yeah, is this Sindel? Is Yeah, that's like the mother, which again is like the key, but then isn't the key. And how many times does she say like, make puns about her dying like the, the, the clip we just saw you know again she was just like your death will be imminent and etc and then later on she's like you will die and she's like well i will be joining you in death and all this kind of stuff I'm like how many times are you gonna then, do this and then does a random wonder woman spin yeah no reason <laughs> that's why i just don't understand why this film was a higher budget it took far less at the box office that makes sense but i was watching it kind of like how did the effects in the first film and even the costumes look better? Because this kind of stuff just looks really like her costume looks like Halloween shop budget. I've seen kind episodes of, stuff. of Power Rangers that were higher budget. Yeah, this. well, even the Power Rangers movie probably has better CGI at the end than the CGI we see at the end of this. I, film. I was going to ask what everyone's thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> the animal animal. I can't say the word animality. animality thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, because I was just laughing the whole way through. Yeah. Same. I think I looked away for like 10 seconds and then came back to see these two like CGI slash woke up. stop, <laughs> stop motion the... animals fighting. And I was like, what happened? What did I miss? This film is like a fever dream in a way because it's like, it looks so weird with like how it's like shot at nighttime with these Battlefield Earth like camera tilts and whatnot. It's such a bizarre film. So do you want to know how I first heard about this film? I was writing an endgame for one of our endgame specials. Uh, listeners, go and check it out. It was the one for my birthday. Uh, and one of the lists we were using for a game was the top 10 worst films of the 1990s. And this was number two. And so I was listening to them talk about this film and showing some of the clips. I was like, oh God, that looks like a mess. And I sort of re- remembered to myself, hang on, we're talking about this in a couple of weeks' <laughs> time. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I have a question for you. What was yeah. number one? What was worse yeah. than Annihilation? Reese, my apologies. It wasn't number two. I was confusing. I was confusing it with the the sequel, which is called The Quickening. Uh, Highlander Two, The Quick The Quickening. <laughs> I was confusing it with that. 
Mortal Kombat Annihilation was number one. Oh, okay. oh fair enough. That makes, oh, there you go, that makes sense now. Yeah. And Christopher Lambert was in Highlander 2. <laughs> Great. That guy does not deserve a career, apparently. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't say that. <laughs> I think the film and I just had the same idea at the end, which is just, look, I just don't care anymore. Just, <laughs> just do whatever you want. Just, just get on with it. But I can understand, like, elements the recent Kieran mentioned, because, like, again... You know, on paper, I'm like, yeah, I need to rate this low because there's just no character development. There's none of these essential parts of the script. But I'm like, but at the same time, I'm like, it's just such a, like, stretched out action scene that there's also not in that way as much to criticize either. Because it's like, I don't know if I would call it like, oh, one of the worst films ever. Because to me, again, I think of, I was thinking of something like The Last Airbender in which they're like, they tried to make a good film. They thought they were like, oh yeah, we're setting up this world. We've got all these characters and it's just actively bad with like bad characters, miscasting, like actors who like are not even of the same ethnicity of the characters they're representing. Really, really dumb, shitty visual effects and fight sequences. Whereas again, I was like, this kind of at least knows that it's bad and is somewhat restricted. I suppose that maybe counts more towards the first one. Whereas this, they... Like, again, I don't know why they tried the... What was it called again? The animality stuff. Why they bothered with that? Because if you don't have the budget for it, I was like, well, why did you did you bother? You know, because, again, I didn't really think that that added to it. And it's kind of just random for, for Liu Kang's character as well, I thought. I was like, when was this an element of your character? But, again... It was- I remember someone described this film as, like, being, like, a porno, <laughs> where it's like, there's no story. At least the story that's there is terrible. It's like, we must go over there now <laughs> and then it's just like it's just except for it being sex scenes it's fight scenes that's literally all it is it's the same acting as a porno that's that's not yeah, a bad it's, show it's, just, <laughs> it's a 10 minute starter off for of being like here is the plot <laughs> and then the rest of it I, I think the comparison there is is just in either situation somebody's getting fucked <laughs> whether it's like the porn actors or, or whether it's the audience I genuinely think that this film is an insult to the fans, though, because I think that, especially coming off the first one, where we've already we've already said there's a lot there's a lot to get involved in, and I think to an extent that you'd see that and go, okay, you you can watch it and get a lot of, you know, genuine care and attention put in. To then come to this film where there's so much where it just seemed like they were foaming it in, I would just see it as an ultimate insult. Right? They spent more money on a vastly weaker product product and i yeah i would not i'm not surprised that people hated it as much as they did at the time and like reese said the fact that the actors wouldn't come back makes a lot of sense because again why would you read the script and go oh yeah this makes sense let's just pick up immediately from the original it's not a kind of incredibles in which you're like oh yeah wouldn't that be fun now it's like go in this direction it's kind of like no we're just literally going to pick it up and have like a big action sequence and it'd be like nothing different about the film and it'd just be a series of fight scenes. And I just don't know why they went into the film thinking this is a good idea. Because as again, Reese said earlier, listing all those characters ultimately means you're going to piss off a lot of fans because so, so many of them unceremoniously die or just get introduced for like no reason. And, you know, you get like characters like Jade, who again, I think is like a big part of the series or even Katana's again, like. I was really disappointed. I was like, oh, yeah, she's cool in the film, uh, in the game. She's got, like, these fan blades and all that kind of stuff. What You see it, like, once. I'm like, what? And I was like, I want to see some, like, you know, a lot of these characters in the games have, like, staffs and swords and stuff. And it's like, none of that is is in here. I know I did say, like, one of the worst films I've, I've ever seen. But, 
like I kind of feel well, no, not harsh because it deserves it. It's a terrible movie, but it's a movie. It's a movie that I can watch and I can laugh at. Like if I could find some way to watch it, I'd see it again for like a so bad it's good night, you know. But but I mean technically, like aesthetically, in terms of scripts and acting, it is really bad. Like again. I've given it one star, but the only reason for that is just because it made me laugh. Yeah, so. it is the room of video game movies. <laughs> but I think the room was made better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, that brings us on to the movie vault. This might be a very contentious one now. Is Do either of these films, or is there going to be a wild card? I would say so. Just keep it down to talking about the two that we've discussed today rather than so any other fighting films. Um do either of them deserve to go into the movie vault? I think I can imagine what Craig's response is, but I'll be interested Yo. to see what the argument is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo- both of them, 100%, and Double Dragon. Oh, God. <laughs> Reese, what do you think? So, yeah, it's our vault of movies to be preserved for all time, for people to go back and, you know, the best of fantasy, the best of Star Wars. <laughs> Move we over, have Citizen Kane. Yeah, we have we have got you know the likes of Good Luck Chuck to to represent bad Valentine's rom coms, but uh, again, I don't know if this is too niche a thing to be like bad video game adaptations. Just for its 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 niche quality, you got to have the first movie in because even if like no matter what you think of the film, it's probably one of the better video game adaptations out there. And hell, it might even be the only decent film Paul W.S. Anderson's ever made, so that's special in itself. A- Annihilation, the tagline for that movie was, destroy all expectations. <laughs> that film, it's a special kind of bad that needs to be remembered. Like, it's like you need to just remember how terrible it is, and it has to be seen to be believed. You must, even if you have in like a tiny little vault, like, you know, just like the one that you'd have to learn, learn a code for or like a handshake for, you need it somewhere, you know, you need it. I just saw the Paul W.S. Anderson was like a producer on Three Musketeers as well. That like 2000 and I hated that movie. I'm like, oh man, you know, so what he, are you doing? So. He didn't come back for Annihilation because he was going to do Event Horizon, which might be his only other good film. Yeah. Um, he hates Annihilation. He, he, said he hated that. Annihilation, uh, and that's the reason why he's been involved with every Resident Evil film because he can't deal with someone else taking over the franchise. And can you imagine Basically. if there had been a bad Resident Evil film? And he did hey, Alien versus Alien versus Predator. Wow, this guy. Yeah, like we said, he's got such a good uh, history with movies. But Craig, what what is your reaction to to, Craig, uh, to Reese's justification of them going into the movie world? I, I'm not accepting. <laughs> I'm just not. That's fine. I can accept that. That is okay. Reese has forfeited the planet in this uh, in this in this tournament. If you if you forfeit, the planet will be lost. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, guys. I, Annihilation came. I don't know. Yeah. So well, are, are, are you are you for both of them? Do you think Kieran or? Why not? Puts me in this difficult <laughs> position now, and so I'm like, oh, I, they make good points. I, I do like Reese's justification for annihilation. Actually, the tagline thing does actually make me laugh. David, I'll quit the show. <laughs> put them in, put them in. There's only one way to settle this. Mortal Kombat! Yeah, this is a difficult one. Stick, um, stick the first one in. 
Just the first one. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, maybe you should just take the first one. <laughs> Look, if I'm going to lose this argument, I will lose it on the first one. I will be damned if you put the second one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll start a new vault. Hey, Reese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll a do better it. vault. The secret vault. <laughs> you two will have a secret. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think for the fact it's one of the most famous video game adaptations, I think the soundtrack as well, obviously the, the song has become infamous via the film uh, especially, um, and the visuals from it, the fact that the actors have been more affiliated with their roles, and again, it's one of the better video game adaptations, and whether it leads that person to go watch Annihilation outside of the vault, then again, <laughs> destroy all expectations uh, Then in that situation, but okay... Uh, much to probably Craig's dismay, into the movie vault goes Mortal Kombat from 1995. Will the new one join it? Maybe that'll uh, bring balance to the force <laughs> if it's actually really good. Let's hope so. I feel like I've done something very bad here. But we'll go we're, not, we're not coming back. <laughs> we're blacklisted. Like, none of us are coming back. <laughs> Nobody knows this. This is the last episode of <laughs> It's like next week, I'm just there like, hello, welcome to Welcome Movies with my co-host, Reese Humphrey. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you guys think at home? Does Mortal Kombat deserve to go into the movie vault? What are some of your favorite video game adaptations? And should you destroy all expectations for Annihilation? Should it be destroyed? Should it be preserved? Let us know. Uh, though Craig probably doesn't want to know if it involves putting it in the movie vault because he doesn't want to see that happen. So... <laughs> We'll now go to our own contest over to the end game. We're in the end game now. Okay, end game time. And I ask that all of you destroy your expectations. <laughs> because I'm going to be upfront about this. You know how I, uh, I kept confusing aspects of Mortal Kombat with Street Fighter? I kind of did it again in preparation for this end game. That's but okay. not. Not in the way that you'd expect. Basically, there's a particular scene that I know from Street Fighter, which I thought was in Mortal Kombat, is famous. And it's the inspiration for this endgame, because this is a game all about film memes. So welcome to Memory Lane. The idea is that this is going to be a quick fire, uh, quick fire round, so each of you will have a minute. I'm going to, get, I'm going to tell you like the name of like a, a film meme template... And I want you to basically tell me what film that sort of template originated from. So this might be like a quote from a film that has sparked a load of uh, a load of different memes, or this might this might be like a general concept describing a particular sort of image. What I'll do is I'll give you a minute to to, to correctly guess as many of them as possible. Uh, I will want the exact name of the film, and if it's a franchise, I want the specific film in question. Do we have any questions from the guests? No. Okay. So to determine who's going to go first, we are going to do a coin toss. Whoever calls it chooses if you wish to go first or second. Heads. Okay. So you've called heads. It is indeed heads. Woo. Nobody can see that. So Reese, do you want to go first or second? I'm going to go first. You're going to go first? Yes. Okay. It was at this moment that he knew. He f***ed up. So, David, I believe that the film god himself wishes to uh, introduce people into this. Go! 
So that is what will happen. So once you hear that sound, your the time will begin. Okay, Reese, you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. All right, three, two, one, go. Prat keeping. Prat keeping. One minute, Reese. <laughs> Could you repeat the question? Uh, could you repeat the word, please? Prat keeping. Wow, I'm stumped, actually. Wow, like. I would advise passing is a good <laughs> idea at this point. I mean, I'm going to pass, yeah. Okay, you're a blank. I'm a what? Oh. Why are you writing these down? It's a I, I don't know. You tell me. I'm a wizard. You're, I'm a what? Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Correct. Yes. The rock driving and looking back in confusion. Um, alright. Bridge? No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Mountain to... Three. <laughs> Road two, to mountain. One. No, pass, pass. Okay, so that's your minute up. Oh. Oh, Should we give him 20 so... more seconds because he thought he had to write them down? <laughs> Just, uh, I, feel I misunderstood. No, no, my fault. Go ahead. So, I was expecting a few more to be gone. Uh... Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'm... I've lost. Let's go on. No, I am. T I mean, only three of the 40 that I prepared <laughs> have been used. <laughs> And to be fair, I can use some of the, I could probably use some of them again, so I'm happy to just reset the minute. So reset your score to zero, but just once you know the answer, just tell me. Yeah, yeah we we've already like we've had the examples now, we know what we're expecting, I guess. Okay. Would you like me to tell actually do you want me to tell you what the other So you were you were close when you kept saying mountain and mm. it's race to which mountain. Race to which mountain, yeah. Yeah. And Pratt keeping. Uh Kieran, do you know this? No. David, you know this. No. It's Jurassic World, so it's where Chris Pratt's ah, right. is there with the Velociraptors. Right. People have been photoshopping him into different scenarios where he's apparently... Mm. Yeah, okay. makes sense. That stomped me for real. Yeah. I was like... I could tell you. <laughs> you, you that that really like knocked me off. God. I was going to say the name, but I think that gave me a brain fart, <laughs> to be honest. Like... <laughs> I, about? I just didn't expect somebody to be there for 25 seconds before <laughs> going, yeah, maybe we should move on. That was like like a Vietnam start, Sarah. <laughs> like, what are you talking okay. about? So, resetting the scores. Reese, are you ready? This time I'm ready. Let's go. Right. Yeah, you, you cool, bro? <laughs> yeah? Um, I am cool, bro. Okay. Three, two, one... Educational Captain America. Uh, Captain America First Avenger? Nope, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Ray Liotta laughing. God, Goodfellas. Correct. Blank, blank everywhere. No, pass. You merely adopted the blank. Ah, uh, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Correct. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Avengers Infinity War. Correct. Communal Scream. Oh, pass, pass. Get in, loser. Oh, oh, pass. First time? Oh, um, what's that film? The Ballad of Scruggs. I'll accept that. Yeah. Um, 
Mark's love declaration. Pass. Stop trying to make blank happen. Pass. And that's your minute up. Slightly much dead. better, much better. <laughs> so ironically, two of the ones that you blanked were from the uh, uh, past, were from the same film. So Get In Loser and Stop Trying to Make Blank Happen are both from Mean Girls. Right. Uh, I see. Fetch. <laughs> um, Mark's love declaration was Love Actually. Ah, uh, I see. The communal scream was from Midsummer. Uh, blank Blank Everywhere was Toy Story 2. Oh, now it comes to my head now. The buzz like, yeah. Yes. Delicious hot smalls. <laughs> yeah. The hot right. smalls buzz. I remember now, yeah. But yeah, in in total, you scored four points. All right, better. Kieran, we haven't heard from you in a while. Mm. I wonder why we <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, so basically, if you get five correct, you've won the end game. Excellent. Okay, okay, let's go. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Three... Two, one. I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious. Pass. Why can't you just be normal? Pass. You underestimate my power. Uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Return of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Correct. Gru's plan. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Nope, Despicable Me. I'm something oh. of a scientist myself. Uh, Spider-Man. Correct. Blank. That would be great. Pass. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Um, uh, office space. Correct. I'll accept. Killing younglings. Star Wars Episode 3, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Correct. I have no memory of this place. Lord of the Rings... Fellowship of the Ring. Correct. It's been 84 years. Titanic. Oh. Correct. So, let's just go over some of the ones that you skipped. So, I guess you could say things getting pretty serious is from Napoleon Dynamite. So what it will be is that statement will follow just like a mundane sort of status. Uh, why can't you just be normal is from the Babadook. So it'll be followed up by like... Oh, yeah. Um... Bar that, you got it. So in the end, Kieran, you scored six. Whew. So in that particular version of the end uh, of the end game, the winner. Hey! Congratulations, Kieran. Thank you. Finish him. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> no friendship all the way. Yay! <laughs> friendship. So yes, and that concludes the game. Game. Well done, Kieran. Uh, yeah, it was a very well done, fun having uh, you both uh, on today. As another fun end game as well. Good to hear from the film God there and uh, epitomizing how Kieran went into that game. But of course, as he said, he went in with friendship in mind. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we've had loads of fun talking about the Mortal Kombat films, our expectations for the new one, and what we thought of the previous ones, and how that's maybe informing what we think about uh, the next one going forward. Uh, whether we maybe want it to be serious or just like dumb uh, but as Kieran said maybe it's hard to to recapture that charm of uh, the 80s and the 90s so uh, let us know at home what you think of the more combat films uh, guys where can we catch yourselves uh, Kieran where where can we find you um so my actual podcast is on 
indefinite hiatus and has been for a while, but I am doing some work with uh, the Arcade Vaults, um, which is a video game cafe in the centre of Cardiff. During lockdown, they've been doing a lot more stuff on YouTube and podcasts, so you can uh, occasionally... Um, I sometimes pop up there, so uh, yeah, just plug plug those guys because they're doing good work. Uh, and obviously, when they reopen, check them out as well. Yeah, I think Greece has like a link to that as well, don't you? I think so. Well, I am a writer for Fresh Take. Usually, I review films, but this upcoming Monday, I will be releasing a piece on Street Fighter the movie. Well, given a bridged version of how the film was made, what went on behind the scenes. I talk about the performances and how it's so interesting that perhaps it could be turned into a film. So check so check that out on Monday. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a very fun one. Uh, the next disaster artist, as uh, Reese uh, speculates, which I think is a, it's a, it's a good point about it. Especially a lot of these bad movies. Maybe Annihilation could also be the next. It's just a, a film, just a fire. And there's loads of people running away from it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Uh, your Twitter and stuff as well, Reese. Is it? Did you say? Um, oh yes, my my Twitter is at Reese Humphreys uh, thirty three. Awesome, go check it out. Uh, yeah, so you can catch us uh, as well as Reese said on freshtakehub.com and at freshtakehub on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as our specific podcast socials, which is at Well Good Movies on the same socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can catch this podcast on all good podcast outlets, including Apple and Spotify. Please make sure you give us a thumbs up, a rating, a review. If the site you listen to uh, does reviews, it all helps us to go up in the ranks. So I'd be very much appreciated if you could do that. Uh, you can also catch us on YouTube as well, where you can subscribe and follow, etc. cetera. Uh, anything else, lastly, from yourself, Craig? Flawless victory. <laughs> so. Psych. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks very much, guys. We're uh, we're going to go now. Uh, have fun. And uh, we'll maybe uh, see you on the other side of uh, the 2021 Mortal Kombat film. Catch you later. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thank you for Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Finish him. Frog! Frog!